0: Hi, I'm Mike Sklens, and this is Nintendo World Report's Connectivity Podcast, Episode 172, I Miss You. Uh, We didn't have a lot of time to record a bunch of segments this week, thanks to PAX East, so instead we're just giving you one huge segment about PAX East. So uh, settle in and listen to Neil and Zach talk all about their time at the show. Enjoy the episode. I'm Neil Ronahan with Nintendo World Report, and this is Connectivity this week. Uh, I'm joined by Zach Miller. Hello! Uh, We're going to talk about PAX East, which was a thing that we did last weekend. And this is a sad show because this is the first time that Zach and I are talking since we saw each other in person all weekend, Uh. which doesn't happen that often because I'm in New Jersey and he's in Alaska, so a special, special time.
1: It was. Wonderful. Mm. I miss you. I miss you. Uh
0: so there was a bunch of stuff at PAX East, and just yeah, was. we're gonna kind of front load this segment with the Nintendo relevant information and then slowly dive into complete nonsense, aka huh. Xbox PlayStation, board games, what have you. Yeah. Um, so I think the best place to start is let's let's do it with the first thing that we experienced on the show floor, which was the Shovel Knight plushie. Ha 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 um I mean that's just adorable. That's really all I got to say. Uh, I got yeah. my shovel knight plushie. He has a magnetic uh shovel that you can either put on his back or his hand and I love it so.
1: I liked it. I just I just didn't want to pay that much for it.
0: Yeah. I I also I,
1: didn't want to pay that much for their foam shovel.
0: Yeah, although the foam shovel was also pretty cool.
1: It was, yeah. Now,
0: I wound up uh because it got mobbed pretty quickly. Um I didn't play any of the the uh the upcoming DLC i did Knight. not either did you watch any of it though because it looks i cool did it hell. looked
1: it looked brand new it's got new characters and new enemies it, it looked yeah like a brand new game and even the way mean, that, same levels yeah and even
0: the way that you control play night where it uses a lot more of his potions and stuff it just it's it's really neat it's it's like a remix on yeah it is to a higher level of like you know, New Super Luigi U was kind of like a remix of New Super Mario Bros. U, but this is like a remix in a different way in that it's the same levels with a different character, whereas New Super Luigi U was kind of the same characters with different levels. Yeah. Um, but it, that's that's super cool. Um, I'm very excited for that. And, and I think it's
1: coming pretty soon.
0: They, uh, yeah, I think they just nebulously said soon, probably, because if yeah. they set a certain date, it would probably slip a month. Like like yeah. the game itself. Oh, Yeah. Uh, the next thing that we saw chronologically, uh, which we won't adhere to 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 rigidly as we get through, is Splatoon, uh, which mm. was fucking mobbed for the entire that was show. Even, we, I
1: mean, we got there an hour early. Yeah, yeah, they yeah, had a media hour on online. Friday,
0: and even even the media hour on Friday, we spent half of the media hour waiting on line for Splatoon. And I think at its longest, I believe the because did you wait on the line again?
1: No, I I just watched uh, the third-rate minion guys and Tim Chatten stand in line long enough to not get in. <laughs> oh, wow.
0: So they waited all that time, and then the show foreclosed?
1: I believe so. Oh.
0: Yeah, I think the line was about two hours long. Um, Easily. Yeah, which which is, I mean, Splatoon's a hell of a lot of fun. Now, Zach, this was the first time you ever got to play the game. What'd you think? It was.
1: Okay. I, uh, I liked it, but... I can see... I mean, I hope there are different game modes than just spray paint everywhere. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it and, seems like that's
0: going to be a main part of the game. They, yeah. I hope they have variations on what they you're doing.
1: pretty easily do a deathmatch yeah. mode. Uh, and I, I I, don't know if you had this problem, but, you know, at a certain point, you, you pick up, like, a bazooka. Yep. But it's not... The game's not good about telling you when you have the bazooka.
0: I... I would chalk that up a little bit to like you're playing it at a giant freaking event, sure. Um, because I, I, I like, I, I feel like that might be something that would be better served with maybe an audio cue when you're playing the yeah. game, uh, which you're not going to hear. No, but even still, they could probably make it more visually apparent because I would just have like the the demo rep would tap me on the shoulder and be like, "Hey man, you got a bazooka." Yep, like, same oh, here.
1: Sweet. I, I um, actually liked how they set it up. They had eight Wii U's set up. With one person on each one, and it was four versus four. Yeah, that's uh, uh, must that's, have been local LAN or something.
0: Yeah, that's the same setup that they, that this was actually the same exact demo that they had back at E three. Oh, okay. I mean, so far as far as Splatoon being playable, we have only seen one demo, which I mean that that oh. that doesn't say that like oh it's not going to come out in May. I mean, it's just that that this is all we've seen so far. We haven't seen anything else.
1: Yeah.
0: Um which i mean it's probably because they wanted to come out in may so they're not spending their time making new demos.
1: No i thought it was a good game. Yeah. no. Uh, I, if, I, if if uh, if you know it it does need if you're going to have cooperative team based online multiplayer you really need voice chat with your friends during the match.
0: Yep. If it doesn't have that then i'm very concerned. Yeah. I mean it's I still did like be... i mean
1: i like churn- turning into a squid and swimming around that was really cool. And I like that you could tap on your teammates to warp over to where they are. Yeah. So you don't I, have to run through the whole level.
0: I mean, I, I feel like it just does a lot of smart things. Yeah. And I I hope that the smart things are expanded upon like a really deep game, which, I mean, the, the early signs are that it, it probably will be a deep game. And it,
1: it really needs voice chat. Yeah. It really, really needs it. Yeah. No, none of this in-between matches bullshit.
0: Yeah. Now let's yeah. talk about something that's going to completely divide us, and that's oh, man. Affordable Space Adventures.
1: Fuck that game! <laughs> Comes out on April
0: 9th. It's from Napnock Games. They're the people who made Spin the Bottle, Bumpy's Party, which was a 2013 Wii U release. What Affordable Space Adventures is, is that it can be either a one-player game, a two-player game, or a three-player game. The game is relative, I think it's exactly the same, no matter how many people you're playing with. And you control a shitty spaceship, and you're exploring <laughs> different planets. Yeah. Um, what you would do if you're playing by yourself is that you would have the gamepad in your hand. There's a bunch of, like, knobs and dials that you touch on the touchscreen that, like, you know, will turn on your engine. You can then, like, you know, put it into overdrive, take down the thrusters, try to lay low. And that all ties into puzzles within the environment where there will be... Like enemies and obstacles that you come across that like you can't make a lot of noise when you cross this enemy, so right. you need to kind of get it so you almost just glide past them, or you can't use electricity while you're near this enemy, so you need to you know use use your your gas engine to to power through. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just, I mean, it's it's a lot of just puzzle solving throughout throughout a world, and what you would do—it's a lot
1: of multi-management.
0: Yes. It's, I mean, yeah, there's a lot of, like, you have to do multiple things at once. And if you were playing it by yourself, you would also be, in addition to all the stuff on the touchscreen, uh, controlling, controlling the ship around with an analog stick and using the second analog stick to move a flashlight around.
1: If, if you were using, if you were playing this game by yourself, you would go insane.
0: <laughs> I'm, I'm very curious to see how overwhelming it can be when you're playing it by yourself. Yeah, it was um,
1: overwhelming for me, and I was just on the gamepad. Yeah, what you the do... gamepad guy does every fucking thing, and the yeah. guy on the pro controller just drives it. Yep. Yeah. Um. If you're playing
0: multiplayer, then I think you can use Wii remotes as well. We are using pro yeah, controllers for the demos. Can. Um, one player will control the ship with an analog stick. The other player will use the flashlight, which is almost used. It's used to you know illuminate passages and also like scan enemies and stuff like that yeah um so you have to work together which which i thought was really fun and i I was under the impression that when zach and i were playing it, we were having a very good time (laughs) and then i talked to zach afterwards and he was like fuck that (laughs) i i really enjoyed it though and actually my buddy joe who was with us um he was they had two demos of it he was playing the other demo uh I'm glad that he lives closer to me in this instance because he's also really into it. So I've got yeah. someone to play co-op with. There you go. But yeah, I mean, I'm I'm really excited for that game. I think it looks super super cool, and it's it's nice to see a company take advantage of the Wii U gamepad.
1: Now that is true.
0: I, I mean, it's just you don't. It really felt. See that. I mean,
1: it felt the thing I did like about it is it felt like you were, uh, like at the helm of the Enterprise. You know, pressing all these buttons on the on the calm. yeah, to I mean, make your ship go. That was cool. There was just way too much going on. Yeah, like I mean, I I can
0: see, I can see that it's overwhelming, but I think for me, that's that's part of the appeal to me. It I mean, it was yeah. kind of funny because uh, you ended up not doing this because of traffic, but I played Steel Battalion on on Sunday morning at Pax East,
1: uh, I was, and I was jealous of that. I would
0: draw comparisons to Steel Battalion and Affordable Space Adventures. Not that I it's, can see that. Not that it's the same degree of complicated, but, like, I got my ass kicked when I was playing Steel Battalion. Sure. I was also, like, I think it was, like, a 10-player match, and everyone except for me and, like, two other people had ever played it before. Or we were the... I was one of, like, three people that had never played it before. Oh, I see. Um, So I got destroyed, but it was still really fun just, like, setting everything up, you know trying to eject at the right time so I didn't lose for reals and and stuff like that like that's the kind of feeling that I had during Affordable Space Adventures which was like yeah I we failed a lot but it was fun to fail because I don't know like there was something cool in that like trying to outwit the different environ like the different puzzles and try to solve them by using things with the ship in creative ways yeah um I'm I'm that game rocketed to the to the Top of my, my Wii U eShop desires.
1: I don't know. I think the next game uh Yeah is more for I, well, me. I, you ruined my segue, damn it. Sorry, man. Um what were you gonna say?
0: What soared above uh, above to the top of my Wii U eShop list most anticipated would be Adventures of Pip. Yes. Which was a Kickstarted game, I believe, last summer. Uh it's coming to Wii U, it's coming to PC, I think it's coming to Xbox One and PS4. Um, I knew very little about this game going into PAX East. I'd never heard of it. Um, I knew, I I was pretty sure that former WayForward people were involved. Indeed, they are. Uh, Adventures of Pip looks like it might be this year's Shovel Knight to a certain extent. I mean, not not in the same exact way. Like, I I don't think anything can really rival Shovel Knight ever. Uh, That game is a masterpiece. But Adventures of Pip looks like it's going to be really, really cool. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, what it is, is that you start off as a one-pixel... You're a one-pixel hero named Pip in a 32-bit world. Like, that's right. that's the hook, line, and sinker of it. And then there's, like, this evil witch that's de-evolving de- everybody into one-pixel creatures, but you're, you're a plucky hero, and then you unlock the ability to turn into an 8-bit hero and then a 32-bit hero. And what I incorrectly assumed when I first heard about this game and that, that rough idea... Was that okay? So you're going to play some levels as the block, then you're going to turn in the 8-bit guy, then you're going to turn in the 32-bit guy, and it'll be this progression through the game. But that is not correct. What you do is uh, it's still like you still have to go through, and it takes a little time to unlock the other two forms. But when you unlock those forms, a lot of the puzzles are between evolving and devolving from each of the forms, because right. like the block, the block is smaller, uh, lighter, so that way like you know there there's Uh, One thing early on in the demo where you are in the the 8-bit form, but your guy's like bouncing on a spring, but he can't get up the wall, so you have to devolve into the block, so that way the lighter block can can fly higher in the air. Uh, When you're the 8-bit guy, you can punch, you can wall jump, and then when you're the 32-bit guy, you have a big sword, and you're very heavy, so you just kind of fall through things, which means you might want to devolve so that way you can wall jump. Yep. And and the example that I used when I explained it to people after I played the demo, and also uh, I used it in my impressions, which are now up on the site, um, there was one puzzle that I came across in the demo in which I got up to an area, and I was trying to figure it out, and I started off, I, I, was, I was the 8-bit guy, and I... I, I I did have a little help from the developer cuz it, it I did like fail a lot and he's just like maybe try this. I'm like oh, okay and I was like unlocking the key. Um but I devolved into the the block and then I jumped onto one evolving enemy, turned into the apic guy, did a wall jump, landed on another evolving enemy and bounced off of his head, turned into the dude with the sword, slashed with the sword to take down a wall, then jumped onto another enemy devolved so that way I could be the 8-bit guy and then wall jump and then land on a treasure chest.
1: That's really cool. And
0: it was just like how you have to do all that is super cool. And it's, I mean, other than that, it's a, it's it's just a platformer. But if they keep on, if they keep on developing that that puzzle mechanic, I can't wait to play more of this game.
1: Yeah. Uh, it's going to be great.
0: The good thing is it's it's due out in May. Um, It might not be out at the same time as the PC version. Uh, I mean that when i talked to when I talked to the developers about that uh they basically said like console stuff can be weird uh'cause yeah. they're they're going to early access for the p c game very soon, I think by the end of March, and they hope to have everything out in May, but it might be slightly staggered, depending on you know how the the lot checks and approvals go on you know Nintendo Sony, and Microsoft consoles, yeah, but I'm very, very excited for that game. Yeah, that was re- and the
1: music by Jake Kaufman.
0: Yes, which I did not know when we played the demo. Also, I couldn't really hear the music because you know yep. show floor. Yep, um, can't hear
1: anything on that show floor. Yes, but yeah,
0: great game, great game. So then on Saturday morning we played a bunch of local multiplayer games that are coming to Wii U. Uh, the first one was Toto Temple Deluxe, which that was pretty I, fun.
1: I, I I don't know. It like, looks. It was, it, uh, it was a weird game because it's a little it's a little too chaotic for its own good. It's like really twitchy, so how yeah. this works is it's a it's a four player game
0: you're on a single screen and there's a goat and it's basically like you know capture the goat
1: with Tikis
0: yeah and I think there's also that there there was another game mode that they showed um that was like whoever won the four player match would then go against the computer in this other game mode right. where you would get the goat and then the goat was attached or you would get a bomb or a bomb goat i don't know um and you would have to try to take the bomb and then the bomb would eventually blow up and you wanted to blow up the other person in the radius of the bomb right um which was which is kind of interesting and i guess if they have more variations on on that kind of gameplay it could be very cool but as it was like the way that the characters moved around is kind of like you're jumping but you're also doing this dash yeah like a headbutt yeah and it just was kind of weird to control i didn't really
1: I don't feel I, like the headbutt worked very well with the level design. Yeah, like I, I, I felt deal. like
0: I felt like I didn't have a lot of control over where my little guy was going. Right. And, and I mean that was kind of my beef with that, especially because uh, when we were back at the hotel, we played some Towerfall. Oh baby! And and Towerfall is a game where like once you understand that game, you know where you're going constantly. Yeah. Like like you you have total control over your your guy, and if you don't, then you better learn. 'Cause you're gonna lose a lot. Yeah. Whereas with, with this game it was it was a little too chaotic. I I think I crave a little more structure in in my local multiplayer games.
1: It like I felt like the game required more precision than you had.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Uh of our... Whereas I think that Rumbo, which oh, was God. another local multiplayer game that we played, it's actually it's a nine player Wii U game. Yes. I, I feel like Rumbo is better designed to embrace the chaos in a way Agreed. that Total Temple Deluxe is not. Um there there is a certain chaos in having nine people running in one direction that is that is beautiful. Uh the the main mode that they had on display at PAX East was the race mode, where it was just start off and everyone would want to uh run in one direction and get to the finish line first. Right. Which it, you're lucky if 3 people even make it near the huh. finish line. Huh. There's a lot of death in this game, but the I mean the, the the matches are very very quick and it just I mean it's just a lot of fun. Like it's Yeah, it's, it was. It's, it's it was very difficult to try to put it into words what made this game work because it's just like it's it's nonsense but really fun nonsense.
1: Yeah. The uh the taunt helped.
0: Yeah. Yeah, the taunt is a very crucial part. Um <laughs> taunting in any game seems important. Um but yeah, I also like that uh, we played the color master mode in which I was a total fucking asshole to everybody. Yep. The it's it's like uh I think you can do one person on the gamepad and then up to eight other people against you. Yeah. Um The person on the gamepad has all these different tools that you can drag and drop onto the screen. Like, there's a lightning bolt that would electrocute everyone, so if they're mid-jump, they're just going to fall right to their death. Uh, You can also... You can uh, launch something called the Gray Man that then you can control like a normal character and try to beat up the other characters on the screen. Um, You you can can can...
1: reverse the controls, left and right controls. Oh, okay,
0: that's what that was doing? Yeah. (laughs) Okay, cool. Sure. Um, You can... uh, You can change the color. I don't know if...
1: Yeah, was, were you able to do that, changing the color of the I, I
0: would be able to trigger the color to change, but I wouldn't be able to pick exactly what color to change it to. Okay. However, I could put big, like, ink spills. So I think, like, yes. what that would do is that that would make it so if it went to that color, then, like, there would just be a hole in the environment. Right. A
1: black hole that sucked everyone in. Yeah, yeah, there was that, too. <laughs>
0: um. I... I had a lot of fun with Color Master mode.
1: I liked it a lot. It it was it was pure chaos, but in a good way.
0: Yeah, um, I'm very excited for Runbo. That's coming out this summer on Wii U eShop. If you can do that local multiplayer thing, Runbo should be something you're paying close attention to.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, we also saw, or, or I guess you didn't really see it. You kind of just looked at it and then told told the developer that it looked very nice and then walked away. Yep. Uh, that's Sword and Soldiers Two, which looked is by very Animal nice. Games. Uh, they made Sword and Soldiers one, which if you haven't played that, I think it's like two bucks on the Wii U E Shop. Totally worth it.
1: Oh, totally worth it.
0: Um, but the second one, uh, I mean the the single player is is sort of more of the same
1: of the original one.
0: I got different to play... uh,
1: different factions.
0: Yeah, yeah, different factions. Um, I got to play the multiplayer where you have one person on the gamepad and one person on the TV, and that was very fun because it was a very elegant way to play that game. On, on one console because well, that's each, the only way i
1: think you could do it on yeah one console.
0: i think they had split screen in the other version oh god of, of, the, of the original but but yeah i mean i i had fun with that multiplayer i'm very excited for that game that should be out in the next month or two i think nice uh we also have some other nintendo stuff the xenoblade chronicles 3d uh it looks looks nice I guess Does it though? Nice, as Does nice as really? that game could. It's so tough because it's like my people. Somebody, I think, asked me at one point, like, oh, did you see Xenoblade? How would it look? And I'm like, it looked beautiful. And then I thought about it. I'm like, I mean, the faces still look like butt. The textures <laughs> aren't that great. But, like, I, I just think it's a very pretty game. And I think some of that comes from the music. Oh, yeah. Um, But, I mean, I'm excited to play that game on my 3DS. I, I'm very excited to play through that game on my 3DS.
1: Yeah, if if I'm going to play through it, it'll be on 3DS. Yep.
0: And then uh, the other thing that was kind of there in a big bad way from Nintendo was Puzzle & Dragons.
1: Yeah, uh, Puzzle & Dragons
0: Z and Mario. Yes. Um, so you only played the Mario one, right? I did. What'd you think?
1: Uh, It was... It reminded me of Puzzle Quest, which turned me off because I fucking hate Puzzle Quest. Uh, but part of the reason I hate Puzzle Quest is it's kind of a buggy game. Yeah. Um, whereas this was much better. Yeah, I mean, uh, it's, controlled it's a much Nintendo better. Product. I mean, yeah, it's exactly. probably not going to be that
0: buggy, if buggy. And uh,
1: but you know, I didn't, I didn't really get into the party system. I mean, I used their attacks, but I didn't understand what the penalty was. And honestly, so, the demo wasn't designed to show you what the penalty was. Yeah. It was just like, here's what you can do. I uh, uh, so I enjoyed it. Um, I don't know if I don't know if I'll be first in line to play it, but. Kind of like those match-three games. Yeah, I'm probably going to play a ton of this game,
0: both this and Puzzle and & Dragons Z. Um, I played through both demos that they had of, of each of the games that will be in one package when it comes out mm. in May. Um, and I talked to one of the guys from Treehouse who was there uh, a lot about the game as well. So uh, Puzzle & Dragons Z has a look of, like, the overworld almost looks like a Pokemon game. Um, mm. And it's, like, got a very goofy tone and but but like the the fights are against like it's more of like an RPG quest, which that then I think the puzzle quest comparisons probably come out even more in Puzzle and Dragon Z.
1: Yeah.
0: Um. And that has that has a system. I, I might be mixing this up. I'm, I'm going on a couple days memory, and I'm just very tired when I played, when I played yeah. these demos. Um. I believe that Puzzle and Dragon Z. So you pick your party, and then they each have skills. And what happens is as you play through the levels in Puzzle and Dragon Z. You have, like, your skills, like, first you have zero, and then it goes up to six. And then you can use those points to use different skills. The skills cost different points. Like, you know, one costs one, one costs three, and obviously the ones that cost more are more effective. Okay. So in that game, you're kind of more inclined to use it, and use it because you're going to hit that cap, and then you're not going to gain any more, so you kind of want to keep on using it. With the Mario game, this is this is where I'm a little shaky on what the specifics are, but with that, you develop those, you you built up those specials, and they like they just kept on developing, so you don't necessarily need to worry about like oh I need to use this so that way I can still accrue more special power. Yeah. Unlike Z, um, but I I played the Mario one before I talked to the guy from Nintendo, so so I did I didn't have all the foresight going into that demo as I did with with Puzzle and Dragons Z. Gotcha. But, but the one thing that still kind of weirds me out about Puzzle and Dragons in general as someone who's put close to 10 hours into Pokemon Shuffle, um, is that it has this thing where, like, you pick up... When you pick up something to move it, there's, like, five seconds where you can move it anywhere you want on the board. And it's something that took me a long time to get used to. Like, I probably spent, like, a half an hour combined on both of those demos, and it wasn't until the end of the second game that I played that I even got a handle on it, because you have to... you I mean, you're essentially, like, you would pick up one one icon, and then drag it around with the intention of setting up more matches of three or four or more, right. and then having it land where it creates a match of three. Like, it was a a lot of, like, interesting planning. Um, yeah, it reminded
1: do. me a little bit of Tetris Attack.
0: Yeah, no, I could totally see that. But I'm, I like, I, I think I'm on board for, for that, that two-pack.
1: Yeah, I didn't realize it was a two-pack, but that's exciting.
0: Yeah. And uh from talking to the guy from Nintendo, um it doesn't seem like they're I mean, I think they're on the verge of announcing more information about it, but judging by the smile on his face, I have a feeling that this game despite including two full games is going to be like 30 or 40 bucks.
1: Okay, that's so, nice.
0: So that that should be a pretty sweet deal. Yeah. Um now we get to the point where we're talking about games that we played on the show floor that might come to a Nintendo platform later. <laughs> um axiom verge which is a really cool uh metroid style game made by one guy that's uh being repped by former nintendo indie indie god i don't know what what exactly his term is, or his <laughs> his his title is uh but dan edelman is helping yep. out with it um it that that game looks very great and i may as well do a plug for rfn because i i'm pretty sure that johnny's playing that game right now so nice Listen, listen to RFN for more about Axiom Verge. I'm sure that Johnny will go super, super in deep on it. Uh, yeah. I I watched a couple of speedrunners attempt... They had a speedrun contest there. And people got were getting really into it. It was very fun to watch. I'm excited to play that game when it comes out on my PS4 on March 31st. And it seems like there might be a chance that it could come to Wii U at some point. But mm. the engine that it uses isn't supported on Wii U. So, like, I think they would have to port it to some other thing, and I don't know if that will be worth it for them or not, but that would be super neat if Axiom Verge did come out on Wii U at some point. Huh. Um, But right now, I think they're focusing on the PS4 release, because it is one dude made this game. Yeah. And then you played Severed, which is the new Uh, game from the Guacamelee developers, Drinkbox Studio.
1: It was good. It was, uh, it was like, did you play it too?
0: Um, I, I did not. I wound up just talking to the guy from Drinkbox for a while and then left and was like, oh shit, I wanted to play
1: that game. <laughs> well, it's like, um, you remember those really old RPGs where it's in first person walking like through each room? Yeah, like Shadowgate. Or the uh, Dragonheart Game Boy game. Oh, yeah, yeah. Can't believe I remember that. Uh, But it's like that. Uh, obviously the graphics are better. Uh, the art style is almost exactly like guacamelee.
0: I think I actually saw something uh I think it's a sequel to guacamele like is it it's really in the same world
1: awesome, yeah, it definitely takes place in the same universe uh but you control a a girl who wakes up and her her arm's been cut off and her severed. family's been killed, severed yeah uh and she meets a kind of a mystical warrior who gives her a sword and then she goes around killing monsters in first person by swiping at them uh, with the sword and um, uh, countering their attacks and eventually powering up a special move that lets you chop off their limbs, which is really cool. Cool. There is... uh, My only concern with it is that sometimes you'll, you'll get in a... You'll get in a mode where... You're fighting a guy in front of you, but then there's also a bad guy to your left and to your right. And there's not a real easy way to just, like, tap on the guy because cause he's on your left or right. So you actually have to swipe the screen or move the stick, I mean, oh, okay, to look at him uh, to attack him while the other guys are powering up their attacks. Oh, I feel like it's something you could definitely get used to. It It's a strategy thing because you can see the enemy attack timers. Ah, right. But it's not clear which one's which all the time. Yeah. Uh but but you know it it's an interesting concept. I, I think I'll like the game. They they didn't have any release date. They didn't even have a, a you know coming I think soon. It's they just said twenty fifteen. I think it's summer. I hope it okay summer's be nice. The the only other thing I don't like about it is that in order to move your character in first person, left or right, you have to use the stick. and uh, okay. To, and it's got to be the left stick. So a, a lefty like me is constantly moving between the stick and the touch screen. Yeah. And that's kind of annoying. Uh, I hope they implement the, the right stick to be able to move.
0: There was a game I had trouble with that, with being a lefty, but I forget. I think, wait, wait, damn it. To hmm. oh, it was a color master mode and Runbow. oh, um, I hope they have a left handed mode in that because um when you when you like put in the gray man, which is like a character that you can control, you have to use the left stick to move' him around, oh, so I would have to like put the stylus into my right hand for a little bit, but I guess you could also just be tapping on the screen to use the different stuff yeah um, that might that might mitigate that um. I forgot about a, another game that was there that is coming to Wii U, uh, Rive, which is from Two Tribes, the people who made Toki Tori Two. No, I didn't. I didn't see that. Um, I I played the demo, and uh, it's it's like a crazy shoot 'em up that you also have some like two D platforming segments. It's a twin stick shooter. Oh. Um, it seems very fun. I would like to play more of it, um, and I think it's coming out relatively soon. But nice. I'm glad that those guys keep on making games because Toki Tori 2, while hard as shit, was really huh. cool. That's what I hear. Yep. Cool. And uh that's that's there were definitely other things on the show floor. Uh I know that Alex Calafi played Steamworld Heist. There should be impressions of that. Uh Addison Webb played Neon the Ninja, which is from Josh Hillier and Friends. Right. Um Josh Hillier's been on RFN in recent weeks. So so that's Nate. Um, but that that's about it for the, the new Nintendo games that were on the show floor.
1: So um, a big, it was a big PC year.
0: I, it kind of always is at this point. Yeah. But even this one, even more so, because like Overwatch was on the show floor. Right. Um, Guild well, Wars Smite, 2. Smite's coming out on Xbox One, I think. They had Infinite Crisis, the DC MOBA. That was on the show floor. Kind of a uh. big presence. There was a really cool Capcom booth that was modeled after, after the caravan for Monster Hunter 4. Um, oh. They were they were selling stuff. It wasn't like there was anything that that exciting and revelatory. It just looked really neat. Right. Um, but then there's the other part of PAX, the non-show floor part of PAX, where we go and we wander around and we play retro games. We play new games and we play board games. Yep, Um, the best retro- part of PAX. In the retro room, which I, I felt like I didn't spend as much time there, uh, the one thing that I did do was... Uh, I played Animaniacs on the Super Nintendo, which I didn't really get into, nor did I really care for. Nope. Uh, but then we played some Tetris Attack, in which I realized that Zach is a golden god at Tetris Attack. <laughs> um, my, my, my wife, Lauren, and my buddy, Joe, were both there, and they are both people who have habitually kicked my ass in Tetris Attack. And Zach handily mopped the floor with them.
1: I did. It felt so, good.
0: Yeah, yeah you, you were very good at Tetris Attack.
1: Uh part of the reason we didn't spend much time in the retro room was because it it was always packed to the gills.
0: It was very packed. It would
1: it would take forever to get a you know, get to the front of the line and then by the time you did, the console you wanted was probably already taken.
0: And all, and also that the console you wanted might have a line around it. Like when we were playing the Super Nintendo, the the line to take out a game was literally right behind us. True. So it it was like kind of claustrophobic. Yeah. But you played some DuckTales, so that's
1: cool. I played DuckTales, which is hard as shit. I forgot how hard that game is. <laughs> but let me tell you why it's hard. It's because the enemy placement is cheap as hell. Yeah, that's uh, not and really a fair game. If you ever, you know, scroll off the screen a hair and then come back, there's the enemy again. There was a section in the Amazon where you spring up to Launchpad's helicopter and are holding onto a rope. And a bee comes right across the screen, to you. I mean, literally, <laughs> it hits you in midair. There's no way around it, and then you just fall to your death. <laughs> I'm not really sure how I got past that when I was younger. Um, and, and then there are also some really tricky, like the moving platforms. Anytime there's enemies and moving platforms on the screen, the frame rate drops so horribly.
0: Yeah, there's. A, I mean. The whole sp- sprite flickering, and Mega Man, all that jazz. Right. Has.
1: So it was hard game. I I I played a lot of it. I played it pro- probably probably half hour, and I actually got a little crowd around me because they were like, "Oh my <laughs> gosh, Ducktales! I remember this game." I know. Uh, and uh, they watched they watched me fail. They had like a Nintendo arcade
0: cabinet there that was like I guess it was like a PlayStation yeah. or something. Um, but Jared was telling me that he wound up filming some dude beating Contra, and oh, interviewed shit. him. So. Checked NWRTV for, for Jared talking to some dude who beat Contra on a fucking arcade cabinet. Nice. Which seems impossible. Um there's also the the current console free play, in which uh, we went over there when we had some free time. And my original intention was to like get Mario Party 9, make Zach play Nintendo Land. But <laughs> what ended up happening was as as I was standing there, I was talking to two people that were with me that we've never played an Xbox One. So I figured, oh, yeah, that they, the Halo thing came out. And I heard it was busted, but like, maybe we can just play some some you know, split-screen co-op or split-screen multiplayer.
1: Yeah, we've all played one and two multiplayer. They're all yeah, good.
0: I, I, I have a lot of fond memories of Halo 1 and especially Halo 2 local multiplayer. Um, tons of fun. So we go to get the Xbox One, and, and we got the copy of Halo. And we went to the, the console that we were assigned, and I put in the disc, and it has to install. Mm Mm-hmm. Should have taken out a timer at this point and timed how long it took us, like, time to play Halo. Um, It took probably between 5 and 10 minutes for the game to initially install on the system.
1: It was longer than that, because I was... At least 10 minutes, because I was out wandering around trying to get photographs.
0: So at least 10 minutes it took to just install the disc and let us even boot the game. When we booted the game, we found out that it seems like it only installed Halo 4. (laughs) And uh, and Halo 4 uh, single player, because as you might know, Zach, uh, that the Halo multiplayer, when you got the game, in order to play the multiplayer, you had to or play the multiplayer for, I think, Halo 3 and Halo 4, you had to download a patch.
1: A 20 gigabyte patch.
0: Something like that, which, oh God, I can't even imagine getting the system and wanting to do that. Um, so we go to play some split screen. It's going to be great. And we have to wait for Halo 1 and Halo 2 multiplayer to install. Yes. We couldn't even, like, prioritize Halo 2. Because, really, when I got this game out, I was like, let's go play some Halo 2 local multiplayer. Right. But, no, it it started installing Halo 1, and that took another 5 to 10 minutes. Um, And then that installed, and we went into it, and it was okay. I mean, Halo 1 is showing its, its age a little bit. The Which map is, is okay so small. Oh my gosh! Because it's a fourteen-year-old game, like that—that's okay. Sure. If it shows its age. Um, still had fun. Like, kind of remembering how to play that game. It's been a long time. Um, and then it then it froze. And then it froze. The and then then I gave up with the Xbox One. Then we were so like, "Fuck you!" That Microsoft. was probably a half an hour, forty minutes of my day, and I spent about five minutes actually playing a game. <laughs> But those five Uh, minutes were pretty great. Yeah, no, I had a good time. Like, it's still, if I ever wind up getting an Xbox One, I will probably get that broken-ass game. Because either that or maybe I'll just hook up my Xbox 360. I think I have a copy of Halo 2 somewhere. Maybe I downloaded it to the system if you could have. Maybe I'll just do that instead. Mm -hmm. That's probably the better idea. Because it it actually functions. So there was also an arcade there. Although the arcade was not as cool as it has been in years past. I found out, I think it's the, the American. No. The ACAM. I don't know what that stands for. I'm trying to think like the American Coalition of Arcade Machines, something. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Um, But the guys who usually supply it, they're the people from Fun Spot, but they didn't have funds. They're a nonprofit uh, to make the trip. So instead, I think it was sponsored by Screw Attack. Yes. It, it, was. it wasn't as interesting. Like. In Lots years of fighting past, games. In years past they would have like some vector stuff. They'd have I, there was a trivial pursuit machine one year from the eighties. That was crazy. They always have like uh what is it? Um uh God, Dirk the Daring. What's Dragon
1: Gauntlet? Uh, yeah.
0: No, not Gauntlet. The one that's like the Don Bluth animation.
1: Oh, Dragon's Lair.
0: Yeah, Dragon's Lair. They'd have Dragon Lair's machines, uh Mr. Doo's Wild Ride. Um, the the original Punch Out, like stuff like that, like I remember machines. that, yeah, it was really fun. Um, they had a very big focus on like Street Fighter and Mortal Kombat. Uh, they did have Primal Rage. They had like, Hydro Thunder, and I think they might have had like some multi arcade things. They had, a they had Blitz Two Thousand, yeah, Blitz Two Thousand. Which the, Beat there was, Mania. There were some people in Mortal Mortal Kombat over Blitz Two Thousand, so we did not play Blitz yeah. Two Thousand, but we did play Mortal Kombat. Which I don't remember how to play Mortal Kombat Two. <laughs> Me neither. There was a time where I knew how to play Mortal Kombat Two. That time was like seven or eight years ago.
1: Uh, I forgot that you have to press a button to block. Yeah, yeah. But Primal Mortal Rage uh, does not hold up.
0: Yeah, Primal Rage also a
1: pile of crap. Yeah, it looks terrible.
0: Yeah, like the the weird claymation nonsense,
1: digitized um, claymation. I think it looks it probably looks worse than Clay Fighter.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I think it does too. But of course the, the highlight of Pax East has been continually the Johann Sebastian Joust and some random room. Yes. Um Jared and I were actually uh, in a tournament that they had there and we made it past the first round but then lost in the second round. Um but we had a lot of fun and I was I was very close to almost almost making it past almost making it past the second round. Yeah. Um Addison Webb was also uh he ended up like they had I mean so like the whole tournament was basically like organized over Twitter. So naturally some <laughs> people who signed up did not show up. So Addison ended up getting in and so did uh Tim Chatton, who friend right. friend of the site. Um, I guess at this point we've we've hung out with him two backs in a row, so I guess we're buddies now. Tim got punched in the face. Yeah, he did. <laughs> Um, but yo, Johann Sebastian Joust once again was incredible and tons of fun. Amazing game. We also played that in the hotel room, which which is really fun. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, we were playing a uh, PS4, so only four player. But some some nonsense happened in the hotel room, which involved uh, my my personal. What, what I'm still proud about is when I had backed Jared into a corner by <laughs> the fridge. <laughs> and then, and then I reached over and opened the freezer door to hit his hand and knock him out. <laughs> which was like like I I'm so proud of myself for thinking that was even a thing I could do. It worked <laughs> so perfectly.
1: Oh, um, that was great.
0: Yeah. And I think like Addison got knocked onto a bed. Like it was it was good times. Yep. yep. Um, we also played some other fun multiplayer stuff in the hotel. I uh, like Starwall, which I don't think. Did you ever actually
1: play Starwall? I didn't play it. I was I was doing something else, but that game looked insane.
0: Yeah, uh you're Starwall stabbing each other in the heart. That game's coming to Wii U soon. It's already out on PS4. Nice. It's, uh, very fun. Um we played some Towerfall. We had we had two Smash Brothers tournaments throughout the course of the weekend. Oh, that's um, right. On Thursday night, we had a a hotel Smash tournament on on my Wii U, which I brought with we, amiibos yeah yeah we we had it was a 12 person tournament we had six people there we had six amiibos in and i got beaten by my toon link in the loose and bracket. i
1: got i beat your level 50 mario
0: yes yes uh, america the mario <laughs> um and and then we had a smash brothers 3ds tournament which, uh, with with some readers slash listeners um hello if you're listening to this and you were part of that tournament thanks for coming um, I got and we did that on the show that floor. One. I think I made it to the second round in that one. Um, I I had fun with it. I I started playing as as Shulk more, who I think might might be closing in on becoming my new main. Really? In, in Smash Brothers, I really like using Shulk. Although I'm still like I'm still kind of learning him. This was a very recent development.
1: I was a little weirded out by the amount of of uh, frame rate issues in local multiplayer
0: for Smash Brothers on 3ds. Yeah. Yeah, no. we,
1: I mean, a lot of it was probably
0: the wireless inter, inter. Yeah, the wireless interference of just packs. Um, because we even yeah. ran into that a little bit when we were playing runbo on the show floor.
1: Yeah, that's true. Oh man, it was. Yeah, and with I'd a say, game like Runbow, you don't want that shit. Yeah, and it was
0: it was kind of like it was kind of goofy because like. I think we all just assumed it was lag, and when we mentioned it to the developers, they blamed it on the wires interference. And then I think some of us moved closer to the system, and it worked better. That's true. It did. So, so I think it's mainly that. Even still, it's a game where you might have up to nine controllers connected at once. So, I mean, we won't know until we are in a wireless, wire uh, a more normal wireless environment, and seeing if all nine controllers work without interfering yeah. with each other. Um. But uh. Yeah, Smash Brothers on 3DS was kind of hard to organize when we were uh, playing it at Pax East because it would just kind of crap out every now and then. And a lot and, of
1: people had to update their th- yeah, their systems.
0: Yeah, uh, update their systems, update their their copies of the game. Um, that that was a little bit of a mess, but we we did have fun. We ended up, I, I think, my system was used in like half of the matches. Um, and then uh it was kind of funny because we had the Wii U tournament and we had the 3DS tournament, and these same two people were in the finals. Uh my buddy Joe, who won both <laughs> of them, and then uh one of one of the third rate minion guys, Tony, who, who lost both times. Um but it was still it was a lot of fun.
1: Joe is good at Smash.
0: Yes. He's he's my gaming nemesis. <laughs> if I were to have one. The reason the reason why I'm not good at games is him, because he demoralized me over the course of our friendship. <laughs> The reason why I am occasionally good at games is because I play against him, and he makes me better. There you go. Uh, also, played some board games while we were at Pax
1: East. Um, Easily my second favorite part of the show. Is what was the, your favorite joust? The tabletop free. Oh yeah, joust. Yeah. Um, I, tabletop I th- free play is great.
0: I think my favorite game that we played was the last thing that I did at the show, which was this game called Coup. Like isn't like you know. You're, I was trying to remember what it was called. Yeah, you're like trying to take over a government coup. Um, so the way this game works is that, uh, there are I believe six different, um, six different characters or influencers, and there are three car or there or no there's there's five different influencers. There's three copy. There's three cards of each influencer that is then put into the deck, and each player is dealt two. Um, and, like, some of those, there's, like, a duke, there's, um, what, like, a captain, and on each of your turns, you can take an action, and that action, I think, like, the basic action is, like, you can just take one gold, and then when you build up your gold, then you can, you can pay seven gold to, to, uh, perform a coup on someone, which means they remove one of their cards, and then once they lose both of their cards, then they're out, and you want to be the last person left standing. Yeah. Um. Where it gets really fun is that you're encouraged to bluff and lie about what your your cards actually are. So what I ended up doing is that I would... I mean, you'd, I'd still keep track of what I was claiming to be, but I would very often be claiming to be three different things. Yep. Um, and some of them are like, you can assassinate people, but then there's one specific card that you can say like, oh no, I'm that, so you can't assassinate me. Or you can take gold from other people unless you have... uh two one of two cards in which then you can say oh you can't steal from me and if the person doesn't believe you or if anyone doesn't believe you they can challenge you and if you're you're found out then you lose one of your cards but if they get it wrong then they also lose one of their cards and it and it got to be really really fun because it was all this kind of like i don't know who's right and i don't know who's wrong however uh lauren wound up winning every match that we played by just being honest
1: yeah Um, she did
0: that was kind of funny because I was Whoa. lying out of my teeth and I kept, <laughs> but I had a lot of fun.
1: Yeah, that was a good game. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't understand, I didn't play it, but I, I was watching. I didn't really understand that river game you were playing. Oh yeah,
0: Soros of the Sea. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I mean that that game was pretty neat. I think because uh, what we were playing with like six people, and I think what we realized when we reached the end of the game is that really only half of the people really enjoyed that game or understood it. Because um, <laughs> what you did is that uh, it's a, like a, a grid map in which you have these different tiles that then they have like water current on it. Um, and it's like crisscrossing. Uh, so that way like each each side of the square of the tile has two two currents that then go in different directions. And you have right. a ship on the outside of it and your goal is to basically last outlast everyone else. Um, you can get thwarted by not being able to place a tile and either guiding your ship off the board or crashing it. Um, there are also monsters on the board that if the monsters move into you, then you are dead. How you decide if the monsters move is you have dice. Um, you have two dice, and if you roll like a 6, 7, or an 8, then you have to roll to move the monsters. Hmm. Um, but it was it was it was kind of neat. Like I I might actually consider buying that game. It was it was very fun.
1: Nice. Uh
0: and then we played that game Talisman that was at your behest and I had no idea what yep. the fuck was going on with that game. Yeah, that's It took uh, very long.
1: Yeah, it really does. It's, it it mm, I really like Talisman, but you're right it really does take forever. Yeah. Like uh, I I'd,
0: I'd be willing to give it another shot. Um, yeah but I'd need to like be focused like I was getting hungry and cranky like
1: <laughs> Yeah, yeah, and and I think we we started playing that game at a bad time because we had other things to do. Yeah, we were, I forgot we, I was, that it was, was such was, a long-term game.
0: Yeah, I, I was working on setting up the the location for the Smash right. Brothers tournament and Lauren yeah. liked it though. Yeah, no, it seemed fun. Yeah, and Lauren ended up succeeding in that game.
1: Yes, she did. Handily.
0: Yeah. And and we played the Resistance. Which oh, yeah. always ends in tragedy, it seems. <laughs> um.
1: The Spies won.
0: Yeah. Although oh, the Resistance should have won.
1: Did they win both games?
0: Um, Were you not there for the first game? No, you were there. I was I think, there. Yeah, no, this, this, this. Well, okay, so we played three games. The Spies won two of them. The, the Resistance should have won the third, but then right. Alex decided to lie.
1: Oh, right, for um, no and reason. The game.
0: Yeah. Uh, but the first one was was Jared with an MVP performance.
1: Yeah, he was. He played
0: that shit. Yeah, for for people who don't know what the Resistance is, it's it's similar to Mafia. Which, if you're listening to this, you might have played that. in there are forums. Um, yeah. Where there there are spies and there are resistance members, and basically the spies want to trick the resistance members, and the resistance members want to figure out who the spies are. Um, there's more to it than that, but that seems like a pretty apt way to sum it up. If I'm not mm-hmm. trying to explain it to you, the listener, to play it with you right now, um, actually, I had to explain that to a couple people. I'm getting, I'm getting better at it. Yeah. Um. But I mean, it was yeah. Jared, Jared, Jared gets a gold star for his MVP performance at Resistance. Yeah. Because uh, I was I was a spy with him, and I got found out almost immediately because <laughs> I was also um. in it's also like a game where. You know, you have every. You need someone to guide everyone to close their eyes, and then have the spies open their eyes, and then acknowledge who they are. And I was one of the spies, so I was trying. I was trying to actually catch uh, staffer Zach Kaplan's eyes because I didn't think he caught mine. But that means there was this awkward pause between, <laughs> between when when I was like, "All right, uh, close your eyes." Um, so so I got found out pretty quickly. But then Jared just destroyed
1: everyone. It was amazing. It was what was incredible to me was that in the second game uh he did it again. Well, not just that not just that, but me and Alex accidentally revealed that we were both resistance members. Yeah. And yet we still lost.
0: Well, that, that's because Alex was playing the wrong card.
1: Oh, I see. Yeah.
0: yeah. That that is the only reason like that I mean, the correct assumption was that we figured out four people who weren't spies and we were right. But then Alex thought that that would be boring, despite the fact that's the way you play the game.
1: Yeah. Um,
0: but that's neither here nor there. Uh, yeah, that's,
1: it's a it's a good game.
0: Yeah. Um, that's kind of Pax East in a nutshell. About, Can't wait for uh, next year. In a fifty minute nutshell. Yeah. Um, do you, Do you have anything that any final thoughts on Pax East?
1: I look forward to it every year, and I'm so glad that I discovered Joust. And I'm yeah. so glad we played more Joust this year And uh, I didn't really like the bro guys at Joust this year <laughs>
0: um, I did start following the people who put together that tournament on Twitter Nice um, So so I'm excited that maybe maybe I'll be more aware of Joust goings-ons in the
1: Northeast Well, I'm trying to get my wife to uh, talk to people at her university And maybe open up a, a meeting room or something for Joust Maybe once a week or so.
0: Cool. That would be super cool.
1: That would be great.
0: Um, we should just have like Joust World Report. Yeah. <laughs> what happened to NWR? Oh man, you don't even know.
1: Oh, the other thing I want to bring up is that No Name is so good. Yeah, so good.
0: Uh, we, we went to a seafood place called No Name Restaurant. Um, it's by by the pier near the Convention yeah. Center in Boston. If you are a if you ever go to Boston or if you're attending Pax East, highly recommend it. It's a it's a good yeah. like fried seafood place. Um, very much enjoyed that food. We also went to dim sum without Zach. Yep. Um, and we on Saturday night we wound up at some weird place near the hotel. Oh man! o'clock in the morning.
1: That was pretty great. Which
0: it was really good food, but just like a, a we were like sitting in low chairs. It was definitely like a place that maybe maybe that wasn't a spot where we were supposed to be, but it worked out in the end.
1: It did, yeah, and it was good food. Yeah. They I clearly remember. didn't want us there. <laughs>
0: um it was it was a very fun weekend though and, yeah it was and I'm glad it too to, quickly yeah uh I'm glad I got to spend it with you, Zach oh me too, but that does it for this this segment on connectivity. I hope you enjoyed it if you want to send us any questions about Pax East or comments or like you went there and you're like why why didn't you guys come hang out with me? <laughs> send us an email and then we can atone for that sin um send the email to connectivity at report dot com um I am I'm at Enron10 on Twitter. Zach is at ZMiller1902. If yep. you want to come and say yo to us there. And uh, we should be rolling out some PAX East coverage over the next couple of days. You heard most of what Zach and I have to share in <laughs> this very segment, although you can go read the words. Um, I'm, I have my Adventures of Pip and Rambo articles already booked up. I should have stuff on Affordable Space Adventures. Sort of Me Soldiers too. too. And also Starwall up in the next few days, and then, and then we're going to have a lot of other cool stuff on the site in the coming weeks. Hell so yeah! Enjoy, and I'll talk to you guys all very soon.
1: Bye. Thanks for listening, and I hope you enjoyed this week's episode. If you'd like to send us some listener mail or your favorite shooter music, you can send it in to connectivity at nintendoworldreport.com.
0: And if you've got a moment, please take a couple seconds to rate and review the show on iTunes and help spread the connectivity
1: love.